Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Right? It can be the improvement and succeeding with Sam Darnold in those six games. It can be the rushing defense. It can be allowing Deontay Foreman to flourish. It could be a whole bunch of different It's West Well, stuff. good Lord, you took everything we could say. Eight mile. <laughs> and Walker. Tell these people something they don't know about them. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. That's exactly what that was. Walker Show on a football Friday. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Are you excited for your team's matchups this weekend? Big college football games on the horizon. Panthers taking on the Minnesota Vikings. So it's a lot, a lot of football action going on. Hit us up on the text line 704-570-9610. And without further ado, it's time to go to the campus. Kona. All right. Duke has a monster matchup with Notre Dame this weekend. And so with that said, the Blue Devils, they have a mantra that they've been playing by this week. And we heard it being talked about early in the season after the Duke Blue Devils beat the Clemson Tigers. Riley Leonard talked about how his mom and him have the running joke about telling him that he sucks. And he now has wristbands that he wears on his wrist that says, you suck. And so the Duke Blue Devils have adopted this mantra of you suck. And so this is helping them to be able to play big-time football and not get too ahead of themselves. So, Walker, do you think that Riley Leonard's mom may be helping to spark a special Duke season? Whatever works for him. If you need to hear you suck, then that's fine. We talked about it with Riley Leonard at ACC kickoff, and he's got the wristband on. Yes. And he gets to look at it as a reminder. What's funny is when he tells the story, it, his mom seems reluctant to do so. Riley uh, Riley was adamant that his mom tell him that he sucks, and she didn't really want to do it. And so she would say, I love you, but you suck. But I love you. And it was funny <laughs> to hear the reluctance in which she had to say that. Maybe, man. I'm going to put it more to Mike Elko being what is an excellent coach so far through the first two seasons at Duke. The defense being good no matter what stop Mike Elko has made along the way. Riley Leonard not even having to air it out, really, and still beating these teams by double digits every single game. I'm going to put it more on that, but maybe Riley Leonard's mom helps a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I mean, a lot of teams, man, you always try to find little bits of motivation to help spark your team. And so they've got a massive game coming up, game day in Durham for the first time. And I think teams having little stuff like that, it just helps them. This is a very mature group. We'll see if it's going to help them. Whoa. Against, I know, right? What's good? That was a weird voice. Yeah, it was like, you know, I'll describe it to you during the break. Okay. All right. So when you're out, though, and you got a big game like they have, we'll see if that will help them to be able to knock off 
the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So, tonight in Raleigh, big one also, Louisville and NC State, man. NC State has won 17 of its last 19 games. In Carter-Finley Stadium, we've talked about the problems with the offense, averaging 24 points a game. And this offense is near the bottom of the ACC, not playing very well. But true freshmen account for 33% of NC State's production. So maybe there's some help on the way. Guys continue to develop. Brendan Armstrong, he's thrown for 859 yards, five touchdowns, completing 60% of his passes. Louisville, though, holds an 8-4 lead in this series. The Wolfpack has also won its last seven home openers when you talk about ACC play. And got to give some props here. I've been saying his name a little bit, but out of Chambers High School, my old high school that used to be Vance High School. KC Concepcion leads the NC State Wolfpack in receiving through five games. He's got 22 catches where he enters the fifth game, which is tonight, with 22 catches for 238 yards. Led the team in catches each of his first four games, but Louisville is definitely coming in with some big dogs. Check this out. Walker quarterback Jack Plummer has tossed 10 touchdown passes in the first four games, but he's averaging 41 yards per play on those 10 touchdowns this season. We talked about Jamari Thrash and the crew. He's one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the nation. The Pack definitely have their work cut out for them. The offense has been very good, and here you are talking about just the the deep passing attack that Plummer is able to exploit against opposing defenses. Man, how about the running attack? You look at Jawar Jordan. Can I interest you in almost 10 yards per carry yeah, he's through thick. four weeks? That's crazy. To see him, and it's not like he's only doing this because he's got, you know, one carry for 75 yards, which happened against Boston College. But this man went for 18 carries against Boston College on 134 yards, 113 on 18 carries. He went for 135 on seven against Murray State and against Georgia Tech in the opener, seven carries for 96. This man has only one game under 100 yards where he was only four yards away from the century mark. And he's had seven carries in the first two games, and he still was able to reach the century mark. Reminds me a little of Travis Etienne in that regard. Remember how crazy his yards per carry were yeah. in the first two years, mm-hmm. and then he starts to see a bigger role. Well, he saw a bigger role against Indiana and Boston College. The run game, while we like what Plummer's doing, this offense in general, in part because of the way that they're able to hit you for a home run play on the ground, that's going to be tough for this NC State defense, despite how disciplined and sound they usually are. Yeah, and so I think that when you look at NC State's defense, they are playing pretty decent football. Again, like it's the same story with them. It seems to be that the defense is there, and they're ready to play, and then the offense just isn't joining them because NC State leads the ACC in third down defense. Uh, Peyton Wilson is one of the nation's leading tacklers, so he's playing great football. 11 and a half tackles per game. That's fifth in the FBS, so he's playing dominant football. This defense, man, they're trying to hold it down except for in the Notre Dame matchup, but again, they're really going to have their hands full with a very balanced breakfast as I like to say, in the Louisville Cardinals. Wolfpack James wrote in on the text line, I'm not saying I'm confident in NC State, but I'm excited to see how we play against what seems to be a good opponent. The weird thing is, I think Louisville fans might be saying the same thing. Because if you look at Louisville's schedule so far, they beat Boston College. Yes, they're 4-0, which is really, that's the battle that you need to go after. But here they are at 4-0, Indiana, Boston College. Those are the two Power 5 wins that they have. And those aren't good football teams. So this is a real test to get, you know, to a uh, 4-0 stance for um, 
Louisville, mm-hmm. or excuse me, five and zero chance for them to to do that at mm-hmm. the beginning portion of the season. And NC State, we all knew they weren't as good as Notre Dame. Perhaps they could have pulled off the upset, but really a very similar matchup for each of these teams. Okay, you're not facing anybody that's crazy and unbeatable, but it's the first true, real, like fifty fifty test for each of these squads. It is a big old game tonight between both of those. Definitely. Two. And now, so when we look at another team in the ACC, my Demon Deacons, man, listen. Not looking good. Take the loss to Georgia Tech this weekend. And Mitch Griffiths, a guy I was high on after what I saw from him in the spring. First couple of games, he was putting up pretty good numbers, but then the turnovers you worried about a little bit. It came to a head against Georgia Tech. He had three interceptions. Wake's offense as a whole had five turnovers. We know for the Demon Deacons, that is not their MO. They've always been a team that more times than not is going to win the turnover battle. Post game, as I was listening to the post game, Dave Carlson was not happy. Okay, and when he talked about Mitch Griffiths, he said this has been a four week problem as far as him holding the football too long and not doing the things that he needs to do distributing the football. So, to give you his stat line against Georgia Tech 16 of 30, one touchdown, three interceptions. That is not good enough. It's time ticking on Mitch Griffiths to be able to get his things together. Or is he going to be finding himself watching yet again for the Demon Deacon? Yeah, it perked up a little bit at some of this uh, <laughs> disappointing, you know, the the, the turnovers. It, the Old Dominion game is the problem. Yeah. I mean, because the fact that you were in that contest, that you allowed Old Dominion to, to stay in that game as long as you did, you had to come back and beat them because of your first half struggles. It was good that he showed up in the second half. But if you're a Wake Forest fan, you'd rather just you know take care of them pretty easily. And that didn't happen in part because your quarterback wasn't very good. You're right about them taking care of the football more often than not. A lot of that is because you had such an experienced quarterback with Sam Hartman. Mm-hmm. But the turnovers would come in waves. We can go back to last year. Oh, God, the Louisville <laughs> game. Oh, remind me. <laughs> the Louisville game was bad. <laughs> you had three interceptions. And remember, the next week, three interceptions against NC State. And that loss for Sam Hartman. So when you talk about the inter- like the turnovers, they come in waves. The question is, does it continue for Mitch Griffiths or does it come to a halt? Because that's kind of how it would happen with Sam Hartman last year. Hopefully it does because now it's it's not so confident anymore that we feel about Mitch Griffiths. Oh, okay, he'll just, you know, receive this baton just like the quarterbacks before right. Sam Hartman, like the quarterback before John Walford, Jamie Newman, whoever was going to be suiting up for Wake Forest. You felt good about whoever it was. This is the first time you've had some real, real doubt about what's going to happen with the QB at hand. Well, big time, tough test. They got a bye week this week, but then when they come back, take that trip down in Death Valley to see the Tigers. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be very interesting to see how things play out in Winston-Salem. And then Walker, your Charlotte 49ers conference opener, taking on 2-2 two and two SMU. Charlotte's defense, man, they're going to lean on them heavily. They held Maryland without a touchdown for the first half, held Florida without a touchdown in the last three quarters. They've had 13 tackles for loss and five sacks in the last two games. They've scored the same number of touchdowns as their opponents on the season. Ten, Charlotte's averaging six tackles for loss and 2.3 sacks per game. We've talked about Iabi Oki Anoma, the Michigan transfer that's been coming in, playing great football as well. And then Charlotte Rossum, man, there's talent there. They've got Oki Anoma, who was a five-star transfer out of Michigan, They've got uh, other guys who are four-star transfers. They've got 49 transfers that were three stars or better. So there's talent there. Open up against SMU. 
quarterback Preston Stone. He's got 1,056 passing yards, nine passing touchdowns on the season. That's second in the AAC. And SMU has the number three scoring offense and defense in the AAC. Will the 49ers get their conference slate started off right versus SMU or just your thoughts coming into this game as we do picks later in the show? SMU, highly thought of coming into this season. They were towards the top in the preseason rankings. The only two losses they have, one is on the road against Oklahoma. The other loss they suffered this past weekend on the road against TCU. The wins, Louisiana Tech and Prairie View A&M. The only times the offense went crazy, it was against those opponents, right? Against Louisiana Tech for 38-69 against Prairie View A&M. Preston Stone's been good. You mentioned him being second in the conference in total passing yards, but he hasn't had the monster explosive day. Second in passing touchdowns, fourth in passing. There you go. So second mm-hmm. in passing touchdowns, not a monster explosive day. Yeah. Hovering around 250. Rushing attack also, at least if you just look at their top running back, 128 by Johnson Jr., Knighton, and then Wheaton the last two. So it's a little bit of a committee for them. They can, they can put some yards up on you. I do think Charlotte's defense is going to be good enough to hold them in check and keep Charlotte in this game. I really hope this offense can run for a lot of yards. Yeah, and I also think, too, the the two games that they played, I mean, Maryland and Florida, both of those teams are playing good football, so I think that's going to prepare them for this conference slate and have them ready, man, because they've seen uh, two pretty good teams thus far. So we'll see if Poji and the crew can get this thing done uh, because I feel like this is a very gettable game. SMU sitting there at 2-2, and and Charlotte, if that defense continues to play like they have, they've got to be confident in that. Jalen Jones, he leads the 49ers in rushing, 261 yards, three touchdowns. He scored touchdowns in three of Charlotte's four games and has been the team's leading rusher in each of the last three games. And also Charlotte has had a 100-yard receiver in two of the last three games. So there are some signs there that the offense is, you know, baby steps. Big game for them. And now now that you're in conference play and you're going to be taking on SMU, you're feeling decent about the way that you performed against Florida, but the fact of the matter is it's been it'll have been close to a month since your win. Your only win on the season. If you don't get one against SMU, yeah, Biff Poji, a little bit of pressure here, you know, just to get everybody back in the good graces. All right, well when we return on the Western Walker show, Ellis Williams of vikings.com joins us to talk all things Minnesota. That and more on on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
Welcome back to Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Let's go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Talk about the Panthers-Vikings matchup this weekend with the familiar voice, with the familiar face. Ellis Williams, formerly of the Charlotte Observer, now of Vikings.com, joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. As always, you can follow him at Book of Ellis on Twitter. Ellis, it's good to hear from you, man. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, man. This is surreal. A year ago, we were doing these every Friday. Uh, and now we're back for one more, man. How y'all been? Oh, we're doing well. I do want to ask you this. The last time we talked to you, you were watching film while simultaneously being interviewed. You were doing it at the same time. I have to ask, are you watching tape as we conduct this interview right now? <laughs> you know, I, I'm actually not. The tape has been put on hold. That's more of a, uh, you know, I keep the same routine. It's more of a Tuesday, Wednesday type of thing. So uh, now with it being Friday, um, it's it's just hit after hit, man. And, you know, I got, I got a couple of, uh, phone calls I'm going to take after this one. You know me. All right, there you go. I, I didn't know if you were, to, were going to adopt the Kirk Cousins schedule that we all learned about in the quarterback series on Netflix. You know, Tuesdays, I believe, are reserved for the family. I didn't know, but you're a working man. You don't take Tuesdays and Wednesdays off, and we appreciate that about you. It's Ellis Williams joining us, talking about the Vikings-Panthers matchup. So as you do start to review the tape there, Ellis, what have you seen from the Vikings as to why they're 0-3, but still putting up a lot of offensive numbers? Yeah, you know what? The, you don't even need to watch the tape to understand what's going on with Minnesota. Uh, it's turnovers. It, it, it's that simple. This team has had uh, six turnovers in three games just inside the red zone. Um, so, you know, you, you do the quick math there. You are leaving plenty of points on the board. Uh, the, despite being 0-3, they only have a minus nine point differential, which is better than a handful of two and one teams. So, you know, how this league is right. It, it's a, it's a bounce here. It's a possession here. Uh, and the Vikings have been on the, the tough end of just some, some randomness, but you know, also some just technique errors and, and all that coach speak that actually applies. So, um, again, the, the numbers tell you what the film is showing you. This is an explosive offense that is going to be able to stretch the field, get it to Justin Jefferson, rookie Jordan Addison, uh, and then defensively they're going to uh, attack the quarterback and force uh, the quarterback to get the ball out quickly and into the playmaker's hands, which they were able to do against the Chargers. Uh, but this is Brian Flores. You know, he comes with a different game plan each week. Uh, so despite being 0-3, there's a lot to like and, from a Carolina standpoint, be concerned about uh, from the Vikings standpoint. Yeah, Allison, so when you look at this Vikings team, there's always some teams that start the year very poor and then they turn things around. With them being so explosive offensively, do you feel like that Minnesota could try to use a game like this to jumpstart their season and could end up reversing their fortunes? Yeah, very much so. And you know what? Coming from the NFC South the, the past two seasons covering it, uh, has kind of helped me understand the temperature of the NFC North now. You know, if you were to ask how many wins do you think it's going to take to win the North, you'd probably land at that 8-9 and nine spot probably with how people are talking about the South, right? So, you know, a slow start is something that all these NFC teams are going to be able to dig themselves out of as long as you've got the horses, the scheme, and the schedule to do so. So I think this is a get right spot for Minnesota and obviously not a game they're overlooking by any means because both clubs are on three. Do you feel like that this Minnesota defense as bad as they've been this year, that 26 in points allowed. And so do you feel like that we've talked about here in Carolina, how 
against this Minnesota defense, this could be a game for the Panthers to be able to uh, continue to get better on offense. Do you feel like that this Vikings defense is looking at this offense as a chance to kind of turn the perception about them? Yeah, I think both teams have a chance to get right here, right? But, I mean, assuming this thing doesn't become a tie, which I guess never say never, Hmm. um, you're going to get a a Vikings defense that is going to keep what we just found out being Bryce Young and play caller Frank Reich guessing. Uh, We we talked to the Vikings coordinators yesterday, and and nothing but respect for Frank Reich throughout this building, uh, but just in my ability to watch the Panthers tape and, and, of course, talking uh, with some people still in Carolina, it sounds like the Panthers are, are, are trying to figure out what exactly they do best offensively. That means you can probably assume that the Vikings defense is going to have a plan, as they have all week, preparing for both Dalton and Young, meaning you're going to get a diverse uh call sheet, if you will, from Brian Flores is what I'm anticipating. Well, Ellis, I do want to hear what your opinion is so far from Brian Flores, but what about the fans' reaction? Because you are going to have a lot of blitzing. That's what Brian Flores has done so far with Minnesota, and it will result in some pressure, but also it leaves them susceptible to the big plays downfield. So what are the early returns, the opinions uh, surrounding Brian Flores to the first three games? Yeah, I think people in Minnesota are, are excited. You know, the, the, you're, the this team has faced both Jalen Hurts and, and Justin Herbert, and Justin Herbert put on an absolute clinic uh, last week in Minnesota. But there were plays that the Vikings defense uh, could have made that, that would have really swung it. There was an interception that just was kind of a weird bounce that uh, the, the secondary wishes they could have back. And that's really the high-risk, high-reward uh proposition you put yourself in with a heavy blitz rate like that so i think brian flores has been as advertised um and this defense much like the rest of the league with any team with new coordinators is gonna find a a groove here um you know once they find out what what they're best at and the the personnel that they want out there because another thing with brian flores is he's very multiple right so you're gonna go from a you're going to see different fronts. You're going to see two safeties, three safeties, two linebackers. Uh, there's a lot of uh, rolling in going on with this, this Vikings defense. Uh, and the goal, of course, is just to create confusion and, and cause chaos, right? Former Charlotte Observer, writer Ellis Williams of Vikings.com now joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Follow him on Twitter, at Book of Ellis. We were trying to figure this out, Ellis. Maybe you can help us. Where do the Panthers have the biggest advantage in this game on Sunday? It's a really good question. I think that Carolina is going to be able to neutralize or at least hold Pat on the edges, meaning that this Vikings edge rushing unit uh, has got one clear horse in it being Daniil Hunter. uh, But Marcus Davenport, who signed here in Minnesota on a one-year deal, has not been able to get healthy yet. There's a chance he's available. Um, but he's just not been a guy that they've been able to activate and use to, you know, how you would anticipate signing somebody. So, um, obviously, Carolina's got those two bookend tackles who, you know, false starts aside and, you know, some stuff that I've, I've seen from Icky. You, you know what you're getting from those two. Um, but, you know, that means where there's an advantage in one area, you're, you're going to counter in another spot. So, by no means do I think it's uh, a game-changing advantage Uh, but, you know, the Vikings have not been able to find that other edge rusher quite yet. 
Yeah, and so I was going to ask that leads into my question. They're tied for 21st in sacks. They've only got six on the year, but with their M.O. being uh, a blitzing unit, what do you see as the issues as to where they're not being able to capitalize on all of those blitzes? Yeah, honestly, I I think a lot of this comes down to uh, the the quarterbacks they faced. Again, uh, you're not often going to hear Baker Mayfield in the same category as Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert, but all three of those teams have been successful at getting the ball out quickly. And again, Justin Herbert going 41 of 46 uh, last week being the, the cream of the crop there. Uh, but, you know, the one thing that those three quarterbacks have on now the Panthers starting quarterback is experience. So, you know, this is going to be a challenge for Bryce Young, just like every week in the NFL is in this league. And if Bryce is able to come out and put on a Justin Herbert-like performance, then everyone in Carolina is going to be quite happy, right? But they're, without a question, like everyone in this league has been doing, um, they're going to challenge Bryce Young. They're going to, they're going to throw a lot at him. Um, and it's going to be, come down to if he can get the ball out uh, to guys like Adam Thielen, longtime Viking. Justin Jefferson is averaging 152.7 yards per game. I mean, this is a start that we just haven't seen really ever. And so when you look at how defenses are approaching him, for one, do you feel like Carolina has any chance of slowing him down? But what do you see that teams are trying to do to him that's just been unsuccessful and him just being so dominant? Yeah, man, I'm going to keep it a buck with y'all as I always do. There's just not much you can do when it comes to containing Justin Jefferson. He has uh, taken route running and the full tree and concepts and hesitation moves and his breaks to a next level. Um, The way that Steph Curry has changed basketball, I am confident that Justin Jefferson is changing how receivers play the position, Uh, you know, kind of building off what Devonta Adams has, has done uh, to the position, watching Justin here, all at training camp. uh, It's just mesmerizing. And then it really doesn't matter. You can stack one in front of him and one over the top of him. Um, he's going to find ways to, to wiggle himself open. And then a large part of this is Kirk Cousins' absolute belief in Justin Jefferson. Uh, he doesn't need to be open or see it open for Kirk to put the ball where he anticipates Justin going. So that's a long way of saying Justin's going to get his. Now there's a big difference between 150 yards, which is what he's averaging and leading the league with, and Justin having like a 200-yard day, right? I think that Carolina would be – uh, happy keeping him at, around his average, which which is saying a lot. But there's there's really just no uh, slowing down Justin Jefferson, and which is a large reason why this Vikings team is not an 0-3 team despite the record saying so. I think there are a lot of people out there that just don't want to repeat Julio Jones against Ben Aben Wickery performance where Julio went for three bills. I think anything under three bills for Justin Jefferson, <laughs> fans are going to take here in uh, the city of Charlotte. Alright, Ellis, final question. Look, man, I want to know how much you miss us up there in Minnesota. Biggest difference between Charlotte and Minneapolis as you see it? Well, since this is broadcasting in Charlotte, I feel it's safe saying this. It's the food, man. There's, I, I just, I just miss that Southern barbecue. I miss every, every spot taking pride in, in what they're putting in front of your, on your table, uh, whether it was a, a dive bar or sitting up there at Fahrenheit. Uh, it was always a good meal when you sat down in Charlotte. Uh, that's the first thing I'll do when I land. I'm, I'm, I'm headed to uh, one of the many restaurants I miss, so I can't wait to see you all. Well, what's it going to be, Ellis? I wanted to ask what restaurant it'll be. Oh man, I, I gotta. Yeah, I already name dropped it. I got it. I got a slide by Fahrenheit. 
uh, that play. You know, you got to get the Instagram photo with the Got to get the cover photo ready. Absolutely. Come on, man. If I don't post it on my story, it never happened, right? <laughs> 100%. That's Ellis Williams. And uh, speaking of uh, a story, you can find him on Twitter at The Book of Ellis right there, uh, writing for the Minnesota Vikings on Vikings.com. Going to be coming home. Going to be coming back, at least, to the city of Charlotte, covering this game between the Panthers and the Vikings. Ellis, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. You are the best. Thanks, Ellis. Bucks up, Fitty. Much love. No doubt. Uh, shouting out the ball. Oh, that, that's how you know Fiddy's going to be excited. Ellis Williams, that is Fiddy's boy. Like, I'm telling you, Ellis <laughs> loves, uh, or excuse me, Fiddy loves himself some Ellis Williams. So glad that we could bring him on in order to preview this game. Any things that, uh, any main takeaways from you on this interview? Anything that he had to say? Well, just the fact, too, that he said it's virtually nothing you can st- do to stop Justin Jefferson. We kind of knew that, though, you right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you feel that way and you feel like there's, Maybe some schemes or are you going to try to just double him? Because, you know, the old basketball approach, let the superstar get his, try to take away everybody else or vice versa, try to double the star and make sure that he doesn't get off. And so it's going to be interesting to see how Carolina will do it. I would imagine it's going to be with multiple uh, types of looks for him. But with the Panthers, especially being down at J.C. Horn, how are they going to approach uh, guarding Justin Jefferson, man, because this is the guy that's taking over football games at the receiving position. I mean, 152 yards per game. There's no reason for you to think that he won't be able to get that. And then just interesting him talking about how this defense blitzes so much but don't necessarily get home. And so that's going to be fun to watch with Bryce as far as this is a team that doesn't sack the quarterback at a high rate. But if they blitz a lot, how much is that going to bother him as well? Because not to think that he'll see ghosts, but is this going to bother him to where it's almost as good as the sack, some of the things that they'll be able to do with pressure? Yeah, it's it's crazy just how easy Justin Jefferson has been able to accumulate 150 yards a game. 150, 159, 149. Those are the posts. Not too much more, not too much less at all. You're sitting there right at that 150 range. Only one touchdown so far, but... 150 yards on about 10 receptions per game. That'll do it. That shows you (laughs) that you just might be the number one wide receiver in all of the NFL. I did want to go to our why here, Wes. We were going through the game day dubs. We got through the who, what, where, when. Let's get to the final question, the why. Why do you think Bryce Young will erase the doubt against Minnesota? If that is the story after the game, hey, Bryce Young, we're feeling good about him. Doesn't matter what C.J. Stroud does this weekend. After a strong three starts, we're now feeling good about Bryce Young. Why will he erase the doubt? Because he will come out and have a game similar to what Andy Dalton did as far as being able to exploit a bad defense. This is a Minnesota defense all across the board that you should be able to handle your defense with. They're 27th in points allowed at 19th in rushing yards allowed, a 12th in rushing yards per attempt. Uh, tied for 25th in passing net yards per game. So everything is there for you to be able to uh, dominate this defense. They're 19th and third down efficiency. So uh, the recipe is there for Bryce Young to come out and have what could be his best NFL game uh, of the season. So when Minnesota blitzes, it looks like there's really one player you need to worry about, Mm -hmm. and that's the rookie. The linebacker, Ivan Pace, if you look at him in 32 pass rushing snap counts, this is someone that has been able to get after the quarterback. Everybody else, you feel decent enough about blocking. 
a little different when Icky struggled as much as he has. Right, with this offensive line, can't ever yeah, be too short. Right. I mean, Daniil Hunter has been a very good player in years past. He's battled injuries. He's not getting home a ton right now, but still somebody you got to worry about. But here we are making a huge deal about the blitzing, right? Well, it's Ivan Pace as the guy that you need to watch out for at the linebacker spot that is only 5'10". He's not a huge guy. 5'10", 230, Wes. I mean, it's, it's not a big dude, but when they send him... He's doing a good job, creating some pressure on the quarterback. So that's the matchup, right? Chuba Hubbard picking that up. Are they just going to be able to slide protection to the point where they can account wherever he is? Not a ton of pass rushing snaps, but makes him effective. So that's the one guy that I'm kind of looking out for. If you can hold him in check, the defensive line does not get home. They continue to not get home like they have the first three games. Maybe Bryce Young has enough time to learn from Andy Dalton, start to throw it in those tight windows, even if there's not a lot of separation, which has been the story about these wide receivers. Just let it fly, Bryce. Like, if you can do that. man, go out and play. If you throw an interception, it's okay. Just continue to let it fly. Let's get to 200. Let's get to 225. Can we get to 250, (laughs) right? Like, that. that's what I think we want to see from Bryce, and we'll feel a lot better about what he does. Yeah, man, and so – uh, this is a game that you don't even want to think about the opposite of what could happen. I mean, you want to be able, hopefully, the offensive line can take advantage of this team as well, not expecting them to come out and look dominant. But if the offense can just give you average play against a defense like this, you got to like the production that could come out of that. Fiddy, how are you uh, feeling after Ellis gave you a shout out? Because I know that's probably your favorite guest that has ever appeared somewhat frequently on this show. Yeah, no, man, it uh, it feels good. There's there's nothing like another grown man telling you he misses the sound of your voice. It just hits different. He brought that to the air, Wes. He definitely did. He, he, I mean, you uh, thought I wasn't going to? Uh, I don't know. He just brought it up during the break. It was like, okay, I guess yeah. he's bringing it to the airwaves. You like Ellis Williams? That's your guy. <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you remember back to whenever before you started trying out for the job, and we brought you on as a guest, we you said it was good to hear from you, man. So it you, was. It was. You were glad to hear my voice. It was. Yeah. What's funny? We've talked about this a couple times. <laughs> when you brought me on, you treated me as if we had never met in our entire life. That's how you treated me on Twitter. That for is four not years. true. That is not true. <laughs> but I, I call in and he says, um, I, I forget what exactly you said, but it was to the format of, Hey, are you ready to come on and talk some uh, Charlotte Hornets here with my guys, uh, Colin, or actually just uh, Colin Hoggard? It's like, <laughs> Finny, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Stop treating me like a stranger, okay? And I, I should have known then that the the PJ Washington love fest was going to start and that Kelly Oubre hate was going to start. I got to admit something. Uh-huh. I got to admit something. Oh, God. I was going through your Twitter likes the other day. Twitter likes? Yeah. Okay. And I saw you like some uh, negative tweets about Kelly Oubre. The hate oh. is real. I liked to reference charts about <laughs> Kelly Oubre's shot selection and low assist percentage. That's what I liked. Just no slander, just uh-huh. graphs to go and reference. That's what I went mm. to go like, to go chat. Yeah. It was like 17 straight likes of Kelly Oubre slander. I think it was two or one. <laughs> <laughs> so each of you guys have your guy. Yours is PJ Washington, and Fitties is uh, Kelly Oubre, Big Oubre. Oh, Who's James yours, Wes? On the Hornets? Yeah. On the Mellow. Oh, okay. okay. Who's but the you mean obscure star? guy? That, or not yeah. obscure, but like the non-star? Yeah, because you give off Nick Richard vibes. No, <laughs> no, no, Nick Richards. Um, 
Man, let me uh, let me think about that one a little bit. I'll have just, it for you on the other side of the break. He's a star guy. That's what he is. Yeah, I am. I am a star guy for yeah, he's, sure. He's got the Lamelo shoes. If but, if yeah. you ain't out here getting all star appearances, then he ain't messing with you. That's how it is with us, Brian. All right, let's go to the second fifty flash of the day. What you got? I was a Kai Jones guy, but <laughs> he got lost in the unicorns. <laughs> fitting. Man, we didn't uh, officially pick the game last night, but we all had record. Oh, we all went on the record of having the Lions win. I can confirm that. And, man, they went into Lambeau Field and made a statement. 27-3 lead at the half. They go on to win 34-20. to They're now 3-1 and one and have road wins in Kansas City and in Green Bay. I'm willing to say they're the third best team in the NFC behind the Eagles and the 49ers. What say you? Uh, Yeah. I'm still going to show respect for Dallas because their personnel, they're still so loaded. When you look at a man for man, they're still a more talented team because Detroit is going to take a loss or two where you're going to scratch your head just like Dallas did. So I'm not going to read too much into that Arizona matchup. I mean, Dallas does need to shore up offensively, but uh, I'm still going to go with Dallas three, but I think Detroit's right there, man. They, They look pretty good. I still believe in this Dallas defense, even if they allowed what they did against Arizona. I, the play calling has to get better, right, Fiddy? Right? <laughs> you and I were baffled at those decisions from Mike McCarthy at the, at the end of that game. And somehow my father defended running the ball down 12 in the fourth quarter. Papa Fiddy, I don't want no smoke. Trust me. Okay, I don't. But I don't know how you I'm can say Papa that. Papa Stone Cold. He looks like Stone Cold's brother. <laughs> Papa Stone Cold. I don't want no problems. I really don't know how you defend the Mike McCarthy. I hope he heard me say that. Yeah, it was great. Hopefully he's listening. All right, let's move on. Uh, coming up after the break, we will continue our Carolina Panther discussion and more. It's Wes and Walker. Mar- Hello, 315. 92.7 WFNC. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The... McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back, folks. This is the Wes and Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7. WFNZ, and next weekend, the NASCAR Cup Series is returning to Charlotte Motor Speedway for the Bank of America Rover 400. That was one of my favorite races because it was always short to cut down. And WFNZ has your chance to win tickets. If you want a shot to see all of the playoff action, text 
What's our keyword? Speed. Speed, baby. And only speed to the WFNZ text line at 704-570-9610 to get registered to win. Not spin. We're not smoking that spin. The word is speed. He was texting that speed. Okay. I was texting that speed. And uh, just quick aside, real quick, we were talking about during the break that uh, it's been breaking news. I've seen some of you on the text line talking about it. Keefe D arrested early Friday in connection to the murder of Tupac Shakur way back in 1996. And this guy, Keefe D Walker, has been on every pretty much Tupac Biggie documentary. He's been on Vlad TV talking about this stuff. And now he has been arrested for the murder of Tupac Shakur. And a lot of people say that a lot of heads are going to roll because Keefe D is probably going to sing like a bird. Oh, when he gets so in there. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I know about Tupac's death. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen you know some shows and documentaries about it. I'm not as well versed as other people, but it's pretty crazy to see somebody that was talking about it so much, even though. We always kind of knew it was going to be something like this at the end. At least a lot of people had guessed, hypothesized it might come to something like this. Yeah. And now it seems like we're getting the breaking news. A lot of people have been texting us about it. And I feel like, too, just a conspiracy theory or however you want to solve it, I think we're going to get some more intel into what happened to the notorious B.I.G. as well as a result of this. So we'll see, folks. But that was breaking news. I saw you guys' text on the text line, 704-570-9610. And so getting back into the Carolina Panthers discussion. This offensive line, much maligned. There's no secret about it, and especially it shows up the most in um, pass protection. But when you look at the Carolina Panthers, they're seventh in the NFL in rushing yards per attempt, but 18th in rushing yards per game at 99.3. And so you definitely want to see that number come up. And you feel like against a team, and one of the reasons I put this topic in our rundown, how vital is it for Carolina to establish and stick with the running game, is because when you're playing against an offense that's explosive like this, third in the league in total yards, over uh, 20, what are 23 points per game, so they're tied for 15th. But uh, to keep an offense off the field that passes for over four, uh, where they pass for 339 yards per game, the running game is going to be vital because you don't want your defense on the field for one that's been depleted by injuries, chasing these guys around, getting fatigued. We know a fast start needs to happen as well so this defense doesn't break down late. But you want to keep Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson on the sideline so he can't get that 300 yards like you said. So how vital is it for Carolina to establish and stick with the run game? It's important. I don't know if it's as important as you think it is. Oh, and I think, here we go. Was that a- <laughs> Damn, we said it at the same time. No, I actually want to flip it back. Why are you guys saying here we go? What do you guys uh, well, think for one, about you're going to find a way to downgrade the run game and how unimportant it is to help <laughs> – to help supplement your case for never paying a running back more than three bucks. Yeah, three bucks. I, it's looking right for Miles Sanders. Everybody's on. <laughs> no, that's not what I was going to say at all. Oh, here we go. Both of y'all. Hold on a second. All right, let's go. What you got? I was watching NFL Live, and Marcus Spears and Dan Orlovsky were having this conversation back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it was in the Bills game. I forget who the Bills are playing. Uh, but Miami. I, Miami, thank you. Yes, mm-hmm. it was Miami. It was what the Bills have to do to keep up with such an explosive offense like Miami. And it's the age-old adage. I mean, we get to this all the time. It's keeping the opposing quarterback, keeping the opposing offense off of the field. It's really easy to say something like that. That's that's what we usually hear. And so I get it. I I think there's importance to it. But Dan was like, man, if you're Buffalo, you got to score points to keep up with Miami too. 
And so if Minnesota does end up scoring, if, if Carolina's defense doesn't keep that offense in check, then this might be the game where here we are talking about Bryce Young having a performance. We'd like to see one like Andy Dalton. Maybe this is the time where we really see them air it out. If Kirk Cousins does hit Justin Jefferson for 220, something crazy. I mean, hell, even 150 is enough. <laughs> and that's what he's averaging. Mm-hmm. So if you hit Jordan Addison for the deep bomb, like he's had a couple of games, if you hit Justin Jefferson for 150 and he scores a touchdown, we know TJ Hawkinson is playing like one of the best tight ends in all of football. And the pass protection, except for maybe one or two guys interior, pass protection has been holding up enough for them. For them. You might need to see the Panthers air it out a little bit more. So I, it's not even that I so much disagree with you, right? Mm-hmm. I just really don't know what the answer is because, yes, clearly it would be great to keep that offense off of the field. That's clear, and if you can run the football, great. I just don't want to continue to run into a brick wall, a brick wall, a brick wall. If you're not successful and you can find some ways to gain yards down the field by also having to keep up with that offense that is pretty damn potent mm-hmm. with Kirk Cousins and company, then I think putting up some points on the board by being an electric offense as much as you possibly can, that might be the answer in this game too. Well, I'll say too with the caveat that you need to be balanced but with some success. Like you can run the ball and play the time of possession game, but you have to be successful and cash in when you can do so. And I think that's the key for Carolina is to be able to run the ball but still be effective because like I said, you definitely have to score points. There's no question about that. You got to score points if you want to beat Minnesota. We've seen that. And so, but you also want to be kind of effective with the way you're doing it. Quick scores. I mean, with this offense, I think Panthers fans will take it any way they can get it. They'll take a two-play drive. They'll take a one-play drive. They'll take whatever it is to get seven points on the board. But I think that you need to be a little bit more methodical, too, to keep that Vikings offense on the sideline. And so we're looking at Miles Sanders right now, 3.4 yards per carry. He's averaging Chuba Hubbard has rushed for more first downs than Miles, and that can be a lot of nuance. But in the 12 carries that Chuba Hubbard's had, he's got seven first downs to Miles' six. That's telling, Wes. And I'm totally with you in small sample size theater. Mm -hmm. Those can mislead a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But I don't care, man. You got 12 carries, and you got more first downs than the guy that has over 40. Right. I understand why people are upset with Miles compared to Chuba. Yeah, and so you look at Deontay Foreman last season, and he almost rushed for 1,000 yards being a guy that started the back half of the season, averaged four and a half uh, yards per carry, he did. And so when you look at this, do you feel like, for one, that Carolina made a mistake not keeping him and bringing in Miles Sanders for all that money because are they getting more from Miles Sanders than they could have gotten out of Deontay Foreman? Miles Sanders saving grace right now is that he's helping in the passing game a little bit, and you don't have to rely on Blackshear, even though a lot of people on the text line are writing in that you want to roll with Deontay Foreman and Blackshear as your, or excuse me, and even Achuba Hubbard right now, but a lot of people do want Deontay Foreman back on this squad. You know, I think Miles Sanders, I'm not ready to write him off yet. It's not been as promising as what we got in the first game. You know, he did have the one play against Seattle where he was solely responsible for turning what was an immediate negative play where Jordan Brooks gets in the backfield, spins off of him, breaks another tackle to get into the second level. And so there are some nice enough plays for Miles Sanders. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. All right, so when we come back on the other side of this break, we're going to get into some more college football talk. Uh, We're going to talk more about the games this Saturday, who's in trouble, who's looking like they're sitting pretty coming into their Saturday matchups. That more on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.